to another episode of Dual Senses, a PlayStation podcast where we give you our two cents on all things PlayStation. My name is Alex Wolf, and I'm joined here by the one, the only, the something one, Stephen Morrow. The, the something one? I, I had nothing clever to come up with in that free, in that little brief moment. You can catch us live each and every Friday night at 9.30 Eastern time-ish, you know, roughly around there, if we start on time, which we did tonight, but... Yeah. If you're listening post-recording, then be sure to rate, review, and follow us wherever you're listening. You can find the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and YouTube. And if you're a fan of the show, please consider helping to support the show by heading over to www.mtfproductions.com forward slash donate, where you can send in as little as a dollar, and we can give you the best show we possibly can. That's with an asterisk, because you could send us all the money, we'd find a way to fuck this up. But... Hello. Hello. How are you doing? Oh, you know, I'm hanging in there. I'm hanging in there. You know, I got my I got my brick. Yeah, you got your brick mug. Mm-hmm. I got my mm-hmm. I got my Arizona. I know one of that Arizona shit, Steven. Get out of here. I like Arizona tea. Yeah, that's true. Arizona sweet tea is it is disgusting how drinkable it is. Like yeah. I drink it is easier to drink than water. It is <laughs> It is terrifying. Yeah, I w- I felt dehydrated <laughs> on my way home, and I was like, I have water at home. Got Arizona tea. I like. I felt like this would quench my thirst more than water. But like, you, that's the thing. I never. I don't ever feel like it quenches my thirst. But I can dr- it. I can drink two glasses of water, and it'll take me a bit of time. You know, I can drink six, maybe ten of those bottles of Arizona tea you have there in five minutes. It is disgusting how drink. It makes no sense how drinkable it is. You you think whatever they put in that shit, it's not actually tea, and they add water, and somehow it is thinner and easier to drink than water by itself. Makes yeah. no goddamn sense. I think. Wow. For once, I one hundred thousand percent agree with you. <laughs> this is like, I will die on this hill. <laughs> yeah, like I don't care who you are. If you tell me, oh man, I can. You're full of shit. He's like, oh, this quenches my. I can drink this so easy. But have you had Arizona sweet tea? Every goddamn time. Yeah. And if they have and they're saying that's whatever they're drinking is still easier, they're a fucking liar. If I were dying in a desert and I was rescued and someone came up to me and I could choose between water and Arizona, I'd go Arizona sweet tea. See, that's where I disagree with you. I'd pick water because the Arizona sweet tea would be gone in two seconds. And then I'm like, I'm fucked. Yeah, but then you can <laughs> drink the water. But you just said that, But if you pick one, what's the point of picking if you're just going to get both? I guess I guess you're right. I I still I would want the sweet tea. I'm sorry. I mean I can't like blame you. I understand your reasoning, but like it's good stuff. Steven, we are not sponsored by Arizona Sweet Tea. We are uh, far from it, if anything. <laughs> Very far from it. I don't think they know we exist. I don't. I mean, if there's one person that works for Arizona Sweet Tea, like there's one little peon that works there, and he is a fan of the show, or she, or they, whatever, is a fan of the show. Please let us know in the comments because I'm curious if we can strike a deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, and they have to share the first, like, three minutes of this show with their boss. Yeah, we're, we're trying to grow here, all right? We're doing businessmen at the end of the day. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right. Steven, we had our first proper state of play this past, was it Tuesday? Wednesday? Tuesday. Uh, it was Tuesday. Yeah, I think, I think Tuesday, yeah. Let's just we'll, we'll roll with it. Lots of news. Uh, this one was very much focused on the Japanese development side, which is nice considering that we have not seen PlayStation really dive deep 
uh, into the PlayStation, not, not PlayStation, the Japanese market as of late, nor is and can I hype anything up. It is very rare where it's Japanese focused. Um, mm-hmm. what, did, what did you think before we dive into what was, you know, talked about at this week's past state of play? What did you think about it? How'd you feel? Um, so overall, uh, it, this might be, I guess, a little weird, but so I'm, I'm usually not super thrilled by most Japanese developed games lately. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of the stuff that was mentioned in this particular state of play, I'm not like personally too excited for, but overall, I think it was a diverse and quality showcase. Like there were a lot of different things mm-hmm. and there were, there was like a little bit of something for most people. <laughs> Um, yeah, which is nice. Yeah. Like there were, there was a good, a good diverse showing and we're going to go into them individually. But one thing that I appreciated was it was a, a good mix of like bigger games from like bigger, more established developers and publishers, as well as, um, smaller games. Uh, like one of the games was the debut for an independent studio based out of Malaysia. Um, so like it just, a, a, a nice, um, obviously published by a Japanese publisher. Um, but, uh, it, it, a nice, good, diverse range, um, of content here. So mm-hmm. that was pretty cool. Yeah. I, um, I agree with you. It was very much a wide breadth of content there, uh, across different genres from action RPGs to more of the single player cinematic experience to even fighting games, um, online multiplayer games of service type deals. Um, com- nothing, nothing bombastic. Right, I don't think we saw anything that just like whoa. Yeah, well, I mean, for some people though, some people for were some going people, well. Yeah, some people were going crazy because there were some things that made some returns um, that we had not seen in quite a long time. But even I feel like if that were, in, I should say, if that were, in, if some of those games were shown in like an E three showcase, you know, compared to everything else announced around that time, it'd be like it, it, it'd fall a little bit more to the wayside, which is good. Um, but without further ado, Stephen, let's just dive on into it. Uh, if you want to kick us off with the first announcement we got. All right. So this one was pretty cool, I think. Um, they mm-hmm. threw us for a loop because we immediately saw red-haired protagonist and dinosaurs, and everyone was like, oh, shit, Dino Crisis. But no. Uh, <laughs> instead, <laughs> Exo Primal was announced. Uh, mm-hmm. It's set to launch in 2023. Um, but this is a, a co-op, um, I guess, shooter, like a third-person action game where you fight hordes of dinosaurs, like literally thousands of dinosaurs falling out of a portal uh, as giant robots. So um, that's pretty freaking cool. Uh, it was, uh, based on the trailer, it was kind of giving me um, Lost Planet vibes in mm-hmm. a way. Um, and uh, Earth Defense Force. Uh, yeah. So I thought it looked pretty cool. Uh, and this was a, a debut, so this was our first time hearing about this game. Uh, but yeah, what did you think about Exo Primal? I, I loved it. It looks like it's a lot of fun, a lot of mindless, simple fun you can get into. But I could also easily see it with it being a Capcom game, um, that it will have a lot for people into the more advanced field style of play. There's going to be a lot of technicalities there. Um, to really cater to a big audience, um, not alienate anyone. But 
uh, I think the look and the art feel will make it opening and welcoming to a lot of people. It is really cool to see a new IP come from Capcom uh, with how much they have under their utility belt. You know, they could easily dip into one of their old reserves in the vault, but to see them come up with something new and fresh, uh, always nice to see. I think it will be handled extremely well with the success we've seen from them with their service with games of like Street Fighter uh, and especially Monster Hunter as of late, um, they'll be able to handle whatever comes their way with this. And really any kind of, when it comes to the service aspect, they're going to take everything in stride. They'll make it a, po it'll be a very polished, very fun, very fluid game. If there's any issues, they'll knock it out of the park. Um, I agree with you on the feel. Um, I definitely got some Earth Defense Force vibes um, as well as Dino Crisis, like everyone else. At first, yeah. honestly, I thought it was going to be this very vibrant Turok game. <laughs> that was the first time I yeah, it. Actually, I, I cool. thought for a hot minute. I'm like, is this Turok? And I'm like, that's a really weird way to introduce a Turok <laughs> game. But like, new generation, you know, shit gets quite, gets crazy, gets wild. Um, yeah. So we'll see how it goes. But yeah, I, I'm looking forward to that. To, I was going to say Dino Crisis, but the Exo Primal. <laughs> that, that I, I feel like they're going to have some kind of Dino Crisis knot. Like towards the end of the trailer, oh, um, come on. like the camera was just showing like, like the chest of a character, and mm -hmm. it seemed like it was going to be a reveal, and then it just cut. Uh, we've got a year <laughs> before this game comes out, um, so. I don't know. There's there's opportunity for some like weird crossover stuff. Yeah, Capcom's um, not you know they're by no means they're afraid to dip into the crossover realm. I mean we've got the fucking Palamutes and Monster Hunter Rise dressing up like Sonic the Hedgehog or or didn't they rather have Mega Man in uh, yeah and Mega like Man also in Monster Hunter that is very much a thing. So uh, what is it? Uh, Amaterasu from Okami. It, it, all sorts of cat all sorts of crossovers bound to happen. So yeah. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw some Dino Crisis on the way. Yep, but I I thought it looked cool. It looked like fun. One of those mm -hmm. like mindless fun kind of games, which yes, I, I love to get into every now and then. Mm-hmm. Real time killer. All right. Well, next up, and this one was a bit frustrating. Uh, a new Ghostwire Tokyo trailer remind you that this game comes out on March twenty fifth. So, reason I say this is frustrating. This is damn near what they did with death loop oh, where yeah, just, it was just, just like death. forced fed down every other fucking avenue we just had a showcase on this game not even a month ago <laughs> so why we're getting a new trailer just two weeks before launch i don't understand i don't know what else you can really reveal about this game outside of the full fucking story i'm excited for it i i am happy i am ready to play it but holy shit, stop showing me everything. Like, I'm done. I'm done. Just put if just put the game on the shelf at this point. If, this is, if we're just going to keep getting trailers every day until it comes out. Unnecessary. And then another, like, 20-minute, separate from the state of play, another, like, 20-minute gameplay thing was released on top of it. I'm like, the game yeah. is out in two weeks. Jesus, <laughs> let, it, let it come out. <laughs> no, I mean, to be fair, the game does look pretty good. It does. I'm, I'm actually... I'm more excited for it now than I was when it was first announced. And like with each new thing that we see, I get a little bit more excited. Uh, but yeah, I'm kind of in the same boat where it's like, all right, I get it. Just stop. Yeah. Like leave it be. It's granted death loop ended up, you know, if it's going to follow a similar suit sold very well, critically acclaimed it was game of the year contender. Uh, and a lot of people expected it to win just because it, like, I don't think anyone put out a bad review of that game. 
still. I mean, I, I don't even Call of Duty doesn't put out that much fucking coverage that close to launch. They just let the same yeah. tro- like Jesus. So <laughs> any hooser. Yeah, moving right along. Not not much new to talk about there. It's a new story trailer. There's also a gameplay. I don't even know what to call it. It's not a trailer because it's 20 minutes long, but <laughs> but another showcase. <laughs> yes. It's the same length as the showcase. I don't fucking get it. <laughs> like why wasn't this what was shown a month ago? I don't get it. <laughs> yeah. It this is a lot. Gonna, it is a lot. This is gonna get me on a rant about how again the state of play showcase shit makes no sense. Uh, so I'm just gonna stop talking about it because it's frustrating. Nope, nope, moving on. <laughs> moving no, on. Uh, another thing that they showed: um, Stranger of Paradise Final Fantasy Origin demo is available right now. Um, so actually, after the state of play, it was made available. Um, and this demo is kind of interesting. Uh, it allows you to play the first three stages of the game, and your progress will carry over into the full game when it launches. So that's pretty cool. Uh, for those of you who remember the reveal for this is the really cringy game where the guy kept saying chaos over and over. Um, it's that one. So it's kind of like, uh, it's like, I don't know, this is this is such a trite thing to say, but it's like Dark Souls with like a smidge of like Platinum Games, but with nah, like a Final Fantasy skin. Ninja Gaiden, Steven. This game is coming from Team Ninja. I'm I'm just get, I'm getting <laughs> weird Souls vibe, but I feel like a lot of third-person action games. Um, yeah, Ninja Gaiden was basically Souls games before Souls games. <laughs> the game was hard as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> Granted, I think this game will be more accessible, and there's also a bit of an online multiplayer service aspect to it as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm excited to play this, honestly. Uh, I love Final Fantasy. I love when Final Fantasy kind of strives away from the turn-based RPG aspect, and, it, and I think this is their full... Their first full dive into straight up action, at least the first mm-hmm. time in a while that I can remember. So I'm stoked. I, I actually am really looking forward to this. Now, I can also easily see it being a flop. <laughs> yeah. um, I kind of want it to be a cringy mess because I feel like that'll make it better. You know, no. like like in the same like a lot of my favorite games are just kind of cringy, and I don't. Know, I feel like if it's not really bad, there's no way this game is going to be really good you know what i mean like yeah. it's got to get that sweet spot where it's got to be campy and kind of kind of ridiculous um which that's the vibe that i got from the trailer at least yeah it's something i should campiness behind it um uh, for sure um <laughs> he puts in his headphones and starts listening to one of those like arena rock <laughs> songs <laughs> i don't know what they're trying to do with this game i feel like every time we see it like it's just a t- it I don't want to say it looks totally different, but there's a new feel, I feel like, every time we see it. This is also yeah. the second demo. There was a time demo that released last year, I believe, not long after the game was... Um, not when it was first revealed, but it's second follow-up, I believe. So this yeah. is the first demo. You're really allowing you to... If you missed out on that first one, like I did, check it out, see what you think. Um, game comes that, out March 18th. So uh, That original demo didn't have any like progress carrying over, so this one is like... Nope an actual uh, it, it's kind of like a trial for the game really uh, mm-hmm. so you can play mm-hmm. it before you buy it um and uh so just some like further information about this game uh that i thought was interesting i was reading up some more on it and uh it has like a class system or a job system basically where you can mm-hmm. uh give your character different like skills and stuff based on what job you assign them and there's like 23 of these jobs i think 
it's like it, it's a pretty large number, I feel. Um, so that's kind of cool. And they all have like their own things you can equip to at the same time and like switch uh, organically between them. So uh, for people who are into that sort of thing, it seems like it'll be kind of cool. So yeah, Stranger of Paradise, Final Fantasy Origin demo. Download it now. Next up, Steven, and I, I really want to dive into this because this is interesting. Uh, we got a new trailer and a new release date uh, for Forspoken. Now, granted, we got the new release date uh, a day before, I believe, if not two days before the state of play dropped with the game now releasing October 11th. Uh, Steven, we talked about this last week. Um, I can't remember if it was on the show or if it was a little sidebar where we talked about how they had a lot, PlayStation had a lot of exclusives coming um, and a lot of them yeah. really early out the gate and not a whole lot slated for later in the year. Um, I think it's a good move. I like this move. I'm granted, I mean, obviously granted just to get it cleaned up, get the polish it needs, this, that. <coughs> Bless you. Uh, thank you. Um, get it on the, on the rise, get, you know, quality product out there. I think it's also a good move because it'll let the game breathe, right? This game was launching eerily close to uh, summer of games with E3, a bunch of other stuff probably dropping. It'll get overshadowed, not with releases, but with just news. So no one's going to be talking about it because everyone's talking about what's coming up next. So by allowing this to come out in October, that kind of settles down. Not a whole lot going on. People are gearing up for the holidays, but it's early out the gate holidays. Uh, so it's not competing with games like Call of Duty or, I mean, we don't, I don't think there's going to be a new Battlefield anytime soon. Um, I imagine not God of War because that would shoot PlayStation into the foot. Yeah, that's so, actually, yeah. that's a thing that I wanted to touch on. So mm -hmm. this means, I feel like it's safe to assume that God of War is now not coming out in October because we yeah. don't have an exact month for God of War yet. We don't Mom even know if November it's this year. That one. I think we, we know if it's this year. I feel like that's what's talked about. I can't remember exactly when, but I'm pretty confident in the 2022 release date. Or, um, yeah, sorry, that's I'm thinking last year. We didn't know what year it was coming out. Yeah, it's definitely I'm, 2022. I, my money's on November. Yeah, that's that's what I'm thinking too. And that gives this game a month to breathe, basically. Mm -hmm. So I think that'll be good. Um, and especially since, I mean, even though they're kind of different vibes, um, since they're both fantasy action games, I feel like uh, it'll be good to separate them a little bit. Yeah, it'll still be catered to by the a similar audience, if not the same exact audience. So, mm -hmm. how do you uh, how do you feel about Forspoken? <laughs> I'm excited. So, a lot of this team um, worked on Final Fantasy 15, which I loved. Um, Luminous Productions, I believe, is the name of the developer working on it. The game looks gorgeous. Everything we've seen so far of it has been fun. Uh, it looks fast. It looks fluid. Um, I mean, it's my cup of tea, right? A single player, third person, cinematic story driven type game with some RPG elements. So, I mean, I'm stoked. I'm really excited. I'm also very excited it's being pushed off because it'll allow me to actually like get time to play it. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I I'm looking very, very, very forward to Forspoken. Yeah. I'm, uh, I'm cautiously curious about this one. <laughs> Uh, I sort of have the opposite reaction to this as I did with Ghostwire Tokyo when, uh, where when this was first announced, I was very excited for it um, because I saw all the things, you know, like fantasy action uh, role-playing and uh, very story-driven with a diverse cast. Like it was ticking a lot of boxes for me. 
But like for some reason, the more that I see of this game, the less excited I am. And I think- like it, it just seems like the more that they show, the more barren it looks, and the more cringy I feel like the dialogue is, but not in the good way. Like I love I love a cringy, awkward game, but this one it seems like it's not bad enough. <laughs> like <laughs> make it worse. Make it yeah, worse. I mean, and bring like, it to me. As far as the dialogue goes. <laughs> now the action though, the action does seem pretty cool. And it reminds me a lot of uh, when we were seeing like the first gameplay for like Final Fantasy fifteen. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it, it reminds me of that. It's kind of like this is what I imagined Final Fantasy fifteen action would be. Where the actual Final Fantasy fifteen game, it's a little bit slower than uh, I like. Kind of wanted it to to be um, like the Final Fantasy seven remake. Kind of sped things up and made them a little bit more actiony, I think. And Forspoken, I feel like, is just taking a similar kind of combat style and uh, kind of like stretching it even further. It's it's almost like if Final Fantasy fifteen were an infamous game, <laughs> is the vibe that I get. Okay. Uh, as far as like the the magical powers and stuff, it reminds me a lot of Second Son, actually. Uh, all the like flying through the air and shooting shit. Um, yeah. But, Do you think? Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just gonna say, but like, so the gameplay and the action looks really cool, but I'm I'm not yet sold on the story, and that's a big thing for me. And mm-hmm. I'm not yet sold on the world because every time I see the world, it just looks big and empty, and I don't I don't like big and empty worlds. I, I wonder if that's because I feel like every time we see something on this game, it's the same thing. So whereas with Deathloop and now Ghostwire, yes, it's forced that down our throats, but we always see something new, whether it's a new mm-hmm. reveal, it's story or gameplay or a new environment of some case, right? Or a new mechanic involved. With Forspoken, I feel like we've seen the same thing with every trailer, except maybe not this past one, but the one before it, where it really dived into the story. Mm-hmm. That was the only thing we saw relatively new. Outside of that, you're right. We see the same areas. We see the same traversal scene. We see the same, we he- hear the same lines. And then maybe one new quick f- two seconds of a cinematic of a gigantic boss looking thing. But even then, you know, you're focused on the boss, you'll get to see everything else. So I, I just find that, in, I wonder if that's what's doing. I, I, I understand, I am excited for the game, but my excitement has not gone down or gone up due to these trailers. Whereas with Ghostwire, I am, since seeing gameplay, more intrigued because mm-hmm. now granted, I don't need to see more of it. Like I said before, I am still more and more invested each time. So. Yeah, I feel like, Forspoken is a game that, personally, I hope it gets the showcase treatment uh, closer mm-hmm. to launch, where they do like a 20-minute deep dive, they show us the gameplay, they explain some things and like the inner workings of things. I feel like that'll help me get a better gauge of whether or not I'm going to be into it. But um, out of everything in the state of play that we watched uh, that hasn't come out yet, Forspoken is probably the one that I'm most interested in so Mm. so yeah i think it has a lot of promise but but we shall see we shall next up a new gundam game on the way we have gundam evolution launching this year on both ps4 and ps5 uh it is a free-to-play gundam first person shooter game it's 66 
There will be a, ne a network test later this spring. Details coming later. Um, Steven, have you ever played a Gundam game? Especially the most recent uh, ones where it's like a bunch of online. Just... Yeah, so I haven't, but I keep almost getting one. Yeah. Because like, they look fun, but then I heard that they're kind of a bitch to platinum. And because they're... <laughs> I know, I know, I know. Um, but also because they're so like multiplayer focused, mm -hmm. um, when it comes to like dropping money on a multiplayer focused thing, I'm kind of like, eh, I don't know. Um, like the only one that I've bought, like the only game that I bought that's multiplayer focused is like Predator Hunting Grounds. And that's because I, I played like the trial thing or the beta and I really enjoyed it. But hearing that this is free to play, which I wasn't aware of, um, that's kind of exciting because it'll allow me to try it out. And then if I like it, you know, maybe, maybe it'll sink its teeth into me. So that's pretty good. Um, but yeah, it looked fun. It looked colorful. It looked fast. Yeah. And I mean, the Gundam, Gundam has such a long storied history. You can start to see lots of content, uh, lots of new Gundams, um, add-on content, just constant servicing. Um, I've never played a Gundam game myself. I, I like Gundam. I'm not heavy into it. I feel like Gundam games are very much for the existing fans. So it's, Unless I like one day decide to hop on Netflix or Crunchyroll and just deep dive into Gundam. I mean, I was a big Gundam fan as a kid, like five and six, because Gundam Wing and G Gundam were all over Toonami on Cartoon Network. So I watched those. But since then, I'm like, eh, I haven't touched it. So going into this, I'm like, yeah, it looks cool. But like, I'm just not a Gundam fan. So like, I don't care. It's, it's fine. It's cool. It's happening. I'm glad it's free. I might try it out. But as far as it'll go. Yeah. I mean, the fact that it's free to play dramatically increases my chances of playing it. <laughs> so, or at least downloading it, letting it sit on my system until I have to delete it to make more space. Mm -hmm. So there's that for what that's worth. Um, so the next thing, this was actually pretty cool. Uh, oh, yeah, so the, the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles um, Cowabunga Collection is launching this year on PS4 and PS5. And what this is, it's a collection of basically every 8-bit eight eight and 16-bit um, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles game. Uh, so there's 13 of them in total, I think, if I remember correctly. Um, so 13 of these games in total. Uh, you can play their Western and Eastern releases. Uh, it seems pretty cool. I am stoked. I, there's only one letdown for me. What's that? I really, really wanted, and there's no real reason it needs to be on there. This is very much a personal thing for me. I wanted Turtles and Time reshelved edition to be a part of this. That's, uh, again, uh, Turtles and Time is already on here, but I wanted reshelved just because I wanted the HD remaster because I love that so much. Yeah. And like, it's just the refreshing visuals, you know? Other than that, I mean, this is awesome. Like, I can't wait. It Especially, th this is just historic because never did we think we'd see any of these games outside of an arcade. I mean, Turtles in Time itself, even Reshelt, delisted. You can't buy the game anymore. Um, yeah. As far as I'm aware, they never put it back up. Do so, you think this is why? No, it was delisted years ago. Like PS3 era, we're talking. Oh, okay, okay. So yeah, like, I, this is very much just like, holy shit, I don't think anyone saw this coming. Um, so very cool to see it happening. I'm excited. 
I hope we see more. I hope it leads to a reshelled edition coming back out. Um, but I mean, with all the recent news and media swirling around uh, Ninja Turtles with new movies, TV shows, and spinoffs, I'm pumped. So let's do it. Calabunga, yeah. dude. There's been a lot of turtle stuff. Like, I feel like we can't go a month without hearing some kind of new turtles related thing. So, turtle power, man. Can't let, can't die. Turtle power. Go, ninja, go, ninja, go. Bitch. So, next thing Giga <laughs> uh, <laughs> <Diva> Bash <laughs> is coming to the PS5 and PS4 this year. This is a giant kaiju brawler. Uh, so, uh, this game, it, it, I think it looks pretty cool. It's like nostalgic. It reminds me a lot of those like like PS2 era like brawler games. Yeah, like Rampage. Or, or uh, Godzilla Destroy All Monsters. Yeah, yeah. It, it reminds me a lot of those. And this is actually, earlier I mentioned um, a debut game. This is it. This is um, the first game developed by um, it's a Malaysian development studio. I think it's called Passion Republic Games. Uh, let me look at the doc real fast. Um, yeah, Passion Republic Games. Um, so this is their debut title, uh, which I think is pretty exciting. It looks pretty awesome, uh, especially for a debut. Like I think the animations mm -hmm. were gorgeous. Uh, they look the way that the characters are animated. It looks like people in suits. Like I I don't know how they did it, but it it, it like it, mascots. It, yeah, than anything it, else. Yeah, it reminded me a lot of like Power Rangers. <laughs> Like you know the villains in Power Rangers, yeah. They like they it, it looks like, like a that costume, like yeah. Oh. <laughs> but I thought it looked cool. It looked fun. Um, and the coolest thing about this game, in my opinion, is not only does it feature online multiplayer, but it also features couch um, multiplayer. So uh, you can beat up your friends. You can destroy a city. I, I think there's like mini games and stuff in there too. Mm -hmm. So this this is just a nostalgic trip for me. Did you ever play the board game King of Tokyo? I did not. So, very fun. I used to have a group of friends where we go out every Thursday and we play board games. And King of Tokyo was always a fan favorite. Um, and when I first saw this, I thought it was King of Tokyo, the video game. I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. Yes. Let's go. I am stoked. I'm like, this is perfect. Like, you, oh my god. So, I'm excited for this. I'm, I hope it does well. Um, it is going to be a great party game. So, if you ever... Like, I mean, I, I struggle now where I look at games and I'm like, man, I really wish I had a game because I'll have people over and like, man, what's a fun, a fun full player game everyone can play. It's not like Mario Kart or Picks the Cat <laughs> or, or Overcooked. Like, Sorry, what, nobody what? else mentions Picks the Cat. And Fuck I love you, that. you, Steven. Everyone mentions Picks the Cat. I love that I've had that effect. Every, every, everyone plays Picks the Cat. If they don't, they're lying. Um, it's such a good game. It's so fucking good. Um, so this is something I'm like, yes, finally a new four-player game I can play on the couch and just have everyone just get pissed and just go apeshit for. Um, so I, I'm extremely excited for this. I can't wait. Yeah, I think it looks really cool. And it's coming out this year, which is neat. Mm -hmm. um, and I think this is the first time that it was announced. Like, it was announced. I like yes. that they gave it space in the state of play, mm -hmm. um, especially since this is a smaller game, debut indie studio. Um, it, I, I think it looks cool. Putting money on it right now, Steven. This game will be free with PlayStation Plus the first month of doubt. Ooh, okay. 
All right. Yeah. Okay, that's I, a good bet. That's a good bet. I mean, it, it's first-time developer. They're trying to get an audience. It's a it's a serviceable game, right? Where it's going to have constant updates and seasons. I'm sure all whatever the fuck people are doing nowadays. Especially if it gets big. Yeah, like so. This this game will need to be free to to get an audience at first, much like Rocket League, Fall Guys, and then after that month, it'll be twenty, thirty bucks, and just take off. Interesting. So, uh, Interesting. That's what I'm putting money on. I'm, cu- I'm yeah. calling it right now. That would actually be really cool, and I support that. Mm-hmm. Also, the fact that it's being highlighted in a state of play. Yep. But yeah. Yep, yep. Yeah, I can get behind that. Next up, Steven. This... <sighs> <laughs> I wanted to be excited for the fighting game they were going to talk about, and it wasn't what I thought it was. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? No one... I, I, I want to say no one was asking for this, but no. unfortunately, there's a lot of fucking people asking for this. JoJo's Bizarre Adventure All-Star Battle R launches this fall on PS4 and PS5. The, 50 playable characters, all... It, so what pisses me off about this thing is the entire fucking uh, roster of this game, it, they're all main characters of JoJo. They're not... A lot of them aren't like villains. They're fucking. They're, they're all heroes. I don't want to play as a million and one fucking protagonist. <laughs> like, <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> Why does this game exist? Like, I, I, I don't understand. Dragon Ball Fighter is great because there's still like maybe not as many heroes, but there's still a good chunk of villains. Uh, Mortal Kombat, a good ratio. Street Fighter, a good ratio. This game is literally, I'm going to play as all the fucking heroes. I'm like, So this is actually, this is the game that I saw the most people getting very excited about online. Um, Fucking JoJo fans. JoJo's got like a big cult following. Um, A lot of people are excited. This seems like, this is a re-release, right? Yes, this was originally on the PS4. I'm I'm assuming the... PS3, maybe? I think PS3. Yeah. But yeah, I'm assuming that the R stands for like remake or re release royale. Or remaster royale because they're royal because um, it took them years to add more fucking protagonists to the goddamn roster well anyways uh for fans of the series and fans of anime fighting games it, it seems like it's gonna take a lot of boxes for people so so there's that uh fucking, fucking also shameful. real fast uh, i wanted to give a shout out so chris um in the chat on facebook hello thank you for tuning in um on the bet that Gigabash is coming to PlayStation Plus. Uh, he asked, "What's the wager?" It's very important. Sorry, I'm looking at <laughs> Philippi's glass in his profile picture. <laughs> I I didn't realize it would use the, the. This is my first time, I think, highlighting a Facebook profile. So. That is. I am not surprised by any means that that is a Philippi's <laughs> profile picture, and I love it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I don't know. What do you want to wait? You want to wait beer? Yeah, you still owe me beer from the last wager. Bitch, I've invited you out multiple times to go get beer, and you get to take this up. Uh, next time, next time I come over, we got to get some beer. So what's but the wager? Yeah, uh, I don't. You're doing beer. We can do beer. We can do beer unless you want to do something else. Chris is saying up the stakes. 
Chris, I am a poor, poor man. I can't just steak. A steak. Like a like from the Kroger? No, just steak and yeah, we can put on the grill. We can make some steak. But do you own a grill? Not currently. <laughs> <laughs> Steven's trying to get me to go purchase hard kitchen hardware <laughs> on the on the off chance he wins his bet. <laughs> well, there's a grill at my parents' place. <laughs> Maybe playing a oh, game. Chris I is hate playing for a game you hate for him. I could do that. It's okay. quite a few of those. All right, I might make you play. I might make you finish Horizon. <laughs> Steven, I will hopefully have finished Horizon before, and I don't hate Horizon. The gameplay in that game is absolutely fluid. I just give two. Sh I don't give two shits about the story so far from what I'm in. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. We'll figure it out. We've got till the end of the year, right? So this is, uh, I mean, roughly. This will launch this year, so. Yeah. Uh, whenever it comes out. Um, but yeah, so there we go. Oh, Chris is saying, live stream a game that you can't stand. I don't think I'm physically capable. <laughs> I mean, all right, I I'll do it. I cannot promise I will only talk good about it. If it might be a very, very quiet stream if I do, but I'll do it. Stream JoJo's bizarre invention. I'm not giving that game money. <laughs> you have to talk about how much you love the characters. How much I love JoJo, and all fifty of them, all fifty JoJos. <laughs> all right, disgusting. That'd be fun. This sounds like a fun stream. I should have oh, a PlayStation no. camera by then too. If all Are you having trouble finding one? Uh, well, so I just imagine going into a store and just buying it, and then every time that I do it, they're sold out, and they're like, "You can buy it online," and I'm like, "I just don't want to." Like, <laughs> I know that it's dumb. <laughs> I know it's totally dumb, but like, I, you know, back in the day, you could I just you, don't want to do this. Thing. Back in the day, you used to be able to walk into a store, you would you would ask for a thing, and you would get it. You could give them money. But now you go into a store and they're like, oh, we can order it online. You can wait a week. No, I don't fucking want to do that. I want to go into a store and I want to buy it. I'm so tired of like video game consoles. You can't go in a store and buy them. You have to go online and video game accessories. You can't. It pisses me off. So that blows my mind because I feel like every time I walk into a Target, I see multiple PS5 controllers, the PS5 remote and the camera. Yeah, yeah. I, I swear that I did too. Until I started going in the store looking for one. And then magically, they're only available online. It pisses me right. off. Hold on. We're doing a test right now. I know there's a GameStop somewhere around here that has one. There's um, the Best Buy and Florence stuff. So, so, you, so you know that they're out there. Yeah, because the GameStop that I went into didn't have it. And first time in, in years, plus, uh, the first time in years that I've gone into a GameStop, mind you, I went in there, I broke my, my sacred oath, it was a blood oath, um, to not go into a GameStop ever again, and okay. they didn't have it available. But, anyways. Hold on, I, I, I want to see if I can find one in store. I went to the Best Buy in Florence, and I went to the GameStop in Florence. Best Buy is out. Target. Uh, 
I think you froze. Hold on, let me check the target. Oh location. no, you were just being motion. Can I freeze? Never mind. Yeah, I'm dead on the inside. Um, all right, checking the GameStop. Oh, they updated their app. Weird. It's disgusting. I don't need all. It's fine. I'm moving on. I'm moving on. All right, you go on ahead. I'm, I'm going to see if I can find this. All right, so people who have been watching uh, PlayStation State of Plays, I, I think this was announced in a State of Play, actually. Um, Trek to Yomi got a new trailer, and this is the... Um, it's like a black-and-white side-scrolling action game inspired by old, like, um, samurai and kung fu movies from back in the day. Uh, but this game gets a new trailer. It doesn't have a release date yet, but... Um, I think this game looks gorgeous. Uh, it's like if Ghost of Tsushima were a side scroller. Like if Ghost of Tsushima and Sifu had a baby. Uh, this game is oozing with style. It's being represented as an authentic and cinematic experience. So that's pretty cool. And in this new trailer, they showed a lot more of like, uh, there's like a supernatural tinge to it, which is kind of cool. Um, but. Yeah, I think this game looks awesome. I, I am very excited for this game. I, I can't... I, I believe you're right. Yes, it was. Yes, the camera is out of stock everywhere. Holy shit, why? See? It doesn't do it I anything. I don't know why. Um, there were anyway, thousands the, of them. The, the amount of time it could take you that you've been looking for one in store, you could have ordered and had it by now. You're, you're being ridiculous. But um, with, with Trek to Yomi, I'm excited for it. It's, like you said, side-scroller, uh, very... Uh, Seven Samurai esque with black and white film grain look. Mm -hmm. um, I expect the game to be difficult, uh, timing based wise. It's not super flashy. It's very straightforward. Just brutal samurai battles. Um, I, I can't wait. Um, unfortunately, I cannot say this game will be free. I imagine <laughs> it'll come out for like twenty to thirty bucks, which is fine. Yeah. Hopefully, I earn a code of some kind in some in some fashion. But I'm excited for it. It looks great. I think gameplay will be solid from what it seems to be very smooth. I'm all about the theme. I love samurais. I love samurai films. I'm in. Yeah, yeah. I'm in too. I'm excited for this one. I'm liking all this samurai stuff and like this uh, this like martial arts and kung fu and like it's long overdue. Yeah, long overdue. Yeah, you would think it would be a lot more common. You think it'd be over? You think you'd be sick of it because of how saturated it is, but yeah. But I mean, Crazy. now with Ghost of Tsushima and Sifu and Trek to Yomi, mm -hmm. it's nice. It's, mm -hmm. it's pretty cool. All right, next up, we've got Returnal is getting a free update called the Ascension Update. Um, so interestingly enough, the game is offering a full campaign co-op mode. And then offering a uh, the Tower of Sisyphus, Sisyphus, Sisyphus. I don't, I, I don't know how to read that um, mode. And that's more like this. The the mode is interesting because Returnal is already sort of like an not an endless runner, but you know you live, die, repeat, um, where you're kind of constantly going through it. So adding this mode seems, I don't know how it's any different outside of you're going up. An ascending tower. <laughs> well, I mean, the game has a definitive end, the campaign, yes. and it's story driven. You just die a lot because it's difficult. But with the tower, it's um, truly endless. Like you're just kind of yeah, the, the tower truly doesn't end. But uh, they're kind of going into House Mark's roots uh, with the tower mode, um, where it's high score based. 
So your mm -hmm. high score chasing, you get combos, and if you take too long dealing damage, or if you take damage yourself, then um, your combo goes down. So if you want to keep your combo up, you really have to be fast, you have to dodge, you have to do a lot of damage. So it's definitely a very arcadey, skill-based, endless shooter mode. So that's I think that's pretty cool. Um, it, as far as like you know, paying tribute to Housemark's past, mm -hmm. um, I'm also I'm very excited for the co-op mode. Uh, yes, I feel like that makes the game a bit more accessible. Uh, I, 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 I want this game. I keep. I keep almost buying it, but whenever it goes on sale, I don't have money. And then when I do have money, it's no longer on sale. But I know it's going to go on sale again. So it's in my wish list. Next time, next time that it's like 50% off or 40% off, I'm going to get it. Because uh, the game looks like a lot of fun. And even though it's challenging, I'm hoping the co-op mode kind of makes it a little bit easier for me. Uh, but yeah, this is cool. And the fact that it's free, a free update with two new modes, and I think it's awesome. So. I, I want to be able to get into Returnal. When it was first announced, I was all about it. But then as we got closer to launch and I started seeing more of it, I was like, okay, okay, this is fine. This is fine. Then after launch, everything that happened and how there was just so everything we expected to be things were near there or it's like oh jesus like this is ridiculous like the, the lack of save points i'm like i get the endless like it's challenging and constantly dying and repeating but like the, the lack of really a pause or anything it just really turned me away so whenever a game comes out like that as much as i wanted it i'm like eh so whenever i see or hear so many problems or even like what game was it uh days gone I wanted to like that game and be excited for that game so bad until I actually got my hands on it. And then just the feel, like just the UI alone annoyed the shadow of me. So it's very hard for me to motivate myself to go back and play in that game. I'm like, I, so, and Returnal is in that same vein, but I haven't played it yet. So the co-op mode I'm excited for, I think it's really cool. Again, I, I agree with you that going back to Housemarque's roots, uh, especially akin to Super Stardust HD, on the PS3 with the co-op mode on that, lots of fun. So maybe this is enough. I am holding on to this game, becoming a free PlayStation Plus game at some point in the next year. Like this I love is a how total. Like every other game from the state of play, you're like free on PlayStation Plus, please. I mean, so I, I'm only banging on Gigabash uh, being one, but this game, I've been thinking Returnal since launch. Like mm -hmm. eventually, it will become a free game. Like I. I I can't see it not be at some point. It'll be January of next year. Because it's always a big thing in January. There's always that one game like, oh, shit, they put it free. It's only been out. Like, Returnal's going to be one of them. I'm thinking. Okay. Is this another bet? I, no. Putting another I, stake I have, on the line? I have no more I can put on the line in this. This is just a prediction. <laughs> We're going to leave it at that. All right. Okay. Um, so this was actually the announcement I was most excited for, personally. Mm -hmm. uh, mm -hmm. I I wasn't expecting it at all, uh, <laughs> like at all at all. And yeah. uh, I was already looking forward to eventually playing Returnal, and now I'm looking even more forward to it. So uh, yeah, I think this is really awesome, and I'm glad that they're doing this. And I love that Housemark is supporting the hell out of this game. Like all of the the requested features, even though it, it fundamentally went away, like went against their original design decision. Uh, 
because they thought about having like a more robust like checkpoint and save system but they they didn't want it in the game because they wanted it to be a hardcore challenging experience um the fact that they listened to fans and put it in there pretty cool and now they're adding even more content more modes um i think housemark is awesome like i might oh, yeah. I may not love all of their games but housemark is great so cool stuff Agreed. cool stuff following that we've got a new game uh, sidebar a lot of this state of play came from Square Enix. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, holy Which, shit! I have some thoughts on that, but I'm gonna uh, I'm gonna wait until after we're done going through the state of play, and then we can talk about that. But all right, uh, Dio Field, the Dio Field Chronicle, announced for both PS5 and PS4, uh, is a real time. I should, I don't know if I'll yeah real time real time strategy RPG and a diorama style. So you've got a top down tile view but with full character models and full scale environments, um, similar to that of, you could say, not the 3D pixel art environment you see with games like Octopath or Triangle Strategy, um, more expanded upon much like Fire Emblem, but less anime-esque uh, cell shading. Yeah. So really cool, because typically in the past, we've only seen games like this in recent years only hit uh, platforms like the Vita, the Nintendo 3DS, or the Nintendo Switch. So seeing this hit an at-home console space, much like the PlayStation 5, is awesome and cool, and really caters to the audience that PlayStation probably lost in the last few years by not having anything like this on the console space. So, yeah, there's a significant lack of like old-school tactical RPGs, mm-hmm. uh, at least coming from larger companies. There's a lot of indie ones. Um, mm-hmm. like I, I'm a big fan of like rainbow moon and rainbow skies, but, um, as far as like, uh, I don't want to say a higher budget, but like, but yeah, a higher budget, like offering, there's not as many, especially on PlayStation. So it's nice to see this. Um, I actually, so I was reading through the PlayStation blog post and, um, it did, it said real time tactical RPG, but like the trailer made it seem turn-based but yeah I, I took that right out of the blog post on the playstation blog so they said real time i'm curious uh to see more on the combat system and kind of see how that plays out it, it, it reminded me a lot of like um uh what what was it like jean d'arc or the joan of arc game on the psp do you remember yeah, that from level five mm-hmm. um that was great and this kind of was giving me Similar-ish vibes, especially with the way that the arenas were set up, um, or something like um, Popo Lacroix, uh, if you remember that. No, um, I I remember the name. I don't. I blocked every image of my mind out of Popo Lacroix. Well, that was really good. It was a good one. I think that originally came out on the PlayStation One, if I'm not mistaken. Fuck it might Popo it might have been an uh, like an older Nintendo game, but um, it was later re-released or remastered or whatever um, for PSP, but. That was a cool little game. Also, real fast, Cece says hi. She says, love your faces. We love you too, Love Cece. her face too. Thank you for tuning in. Thanks for joining. All right. Last yeah, but not I think, least. I think Dio Field looks cool. Yeah, yeah. I'm, will I be the one playing it in, this, in my household? Probably not. <laughs> my fiance will probably, if I do buy it for myself, she'll find a way to say, no, I'm playing this game, and I have no way to fight her because literally every real-time strategy game in this house she has played. So that seems like a Rachel game. 
it, very much a Rachel game. Um, watching it, I watched the state of play on my phone in bed. And I was like, huh. And I just looked over, I'm like, this is a game you'd be interested in. And she's like, I'm going to bed. I'm like, all right, fair enough. Understood. Um, <laughs> but last but not least, again, a Square Enix game. Valkyrie Elysium announced for the PS4, PS4 and PlayStation 5, releasing this year. Uh, so for, the, for fans of the old uh, Valkyrie series, uh, it's back. It's been gone for a, a while now. <laughs> I don't think anyone yeah. expected this. It is an action RPG, standalone adventure, so you don't have to have played any previous games. Um, hi, Greg. Um, but um, hi, Greg. <laughs> love you don't too, watch, Greg. Just ig ignore every piece of what I said about JoJo. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh no! He's actually he's crying right now. <laughs> um, but anyway, uh, really excited for this. Wasn't this is a total sleeper hit? Um, was not expecting this. It'll be cool. I it's not looking at it so far. Honestly, it reminds me a lot of Nier, um, just with the kind of dr not. I don't want to say drab, but like yeah, it does look grayscale like, washed out. Yeah, like it, yeah. the art <laughs> style is very like bleak. It's but like depression, vibrant of happiness, but it's like you gotta dig. <laughs> yeah, I, it's it's interesting. So, um, I, I mean, I'm excited to an extent. Uh, it's cool to see it back. Um, I like action RPGs. I, I think this again a game catering to the fans. Um, I don't know how welcoming it will be for newcomers. Um, but it'll be interesting. It'll be interesting to see how, how well the game does and what kind of audience it picks up, whether it's old, new, or a mixture of both. Yeah, uh, this one was, I think, the biggest surprise mm -hmm. um, out of everything in the state of play. This was the one where, like, at the end of the state of play, they were like, hey, uh, we have one more thing to show you, and they showed Dio Field, and then there was, like, the, wait, one last thing. Um, and that was Valkyrie Elysium. So uh, this truly was a surprise. It kind of came out of nowhere. Um, there's Greg. There's Greg. He says, love you both. The man, love you too, the Greg. legend himself. The man, the legend, the Greg. The Greg. <laughs> Yo, Greg. <laughs> <laughs> but um, yeah, so this kind of came out of nowhere. And the Valkyrie games, like Valkyrie Profile and things like that, they, mm -hmm. they have like a pretty passionate cult following online, yes. uh, which is pretty cool. Now, as far as this game, I'm I'm excited the Valkyrie's coming back. Uh, this gameplay did not do it for me. I like it I, looked generic. There was nothing impressive about it. It looked like uh, it, maybe I'm gonna come under fire for this, but I think it looked bad. Like it looked budget and boring and kind of I don't know. I yeah. I I, I, I mean, really wasn't feeling it. Yeah, I, like I said, I wasn't impressed by it. It's fine. It's coming. It's again very much a game catered to the fans. I think the only people who are really even hyped about this are the fans. I don't yeah. think people are. I don't think action RPG fans are like, oh man, new Valkyrie game. Especially when the, I feel like the past Valkyrie games are turn based. I don't think they were action RPGs. Correct me if I'm wrong in the chat for those who have played the games. Um, so I was surprised to see this as an action RPG. I. I don't know. I feel like Square is very much going into 
I feel like they're oversaturating. Yeah. There is... They remind me a lot of Platinum games, honestly. Uh, like, do you remember that era where Platinum was, like, getting involved in literally everything? And only, like, two of the things that they did were actually good, and the rest of it was like, oh. Oh, no. Yes. But for some yeah. reason, because the name had so much, like, cachet, people were like, oh, Platinum Games, even <laughs> though most of the stuff they released were was bad. I feel like Square Enix is kind of in the same boat, where because of all of the big, higher-profile IP that they have, people are like, oh, it's Square Enix. They they do all the cool things. Um, but I don't know. I, I think, yeah, I, I agree. I think they're spreading themselves a little too thin. Um, and when you said that the Valkyrie Elysium game reminded you of Nier, um, I actually kind of agree in the sense that... So I love the Nier games. Love them to death. I think the games are amazing. When Nier Automata was first shown... They just had like that weird drab environment and they just showed like a glimpse of the combat and it looked kind of boring and lame. Um, yep. Like when it was first shown. Um, and I kind of got similar vibes from this Valkyrie Elysium uh, reveal that they did. Uh, now with Nier Automata, we didn't have a release date when they first showed it. The fact that Valkyrie is coming out this year suggests to me that it's further along in development. So, like, I don't know how much more fleshed out the game can get before it releases. Now, granted, we don't know when it's coming out. It could be very late this year. It could be a fall game. But still, I mean, games take time. Um, so, I don't know. We'll see. I think uh, it, it is such a beloved franchise, though, that I think that, you know, they have to do it right if they want it to succeed. So, so yeah, we'll see. But... Yep. But yeah, so that was the big surprise at the end of the state of play. Um, overall, I know you asked me at the top of the show how I felt, but um, overall, how did you feel about the state of play? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was... I feel like there was a lot of... When I heard that the show was going to cover the more, the, the, Japanese, the, uh, the Japanese scene of gaming um, and their partnerships there, I was ecstatic. I thought we were going to see maybe a little bit more Street Fighter VI. Um, I expected to see, hopefully, something on Final Fantasy XVI. Um, th there was a lot of expectations I had that just kind of fell flat. Uh, this is the 35th anniversary of Final Fantasy, and the most we're seeing so far is Stranger of Paradise. So I was like, oh, that's kind of a letdown, especially with how much of this <laughs> stuff came from Square. I was very confused as to the things we saw from Square in this in this space. I was like, really? Yeah. And like, a lot of them were announcements, like new games. Yeah. Which is pretty interesting. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm, I'm all, I was all excited for the new stuff, but it's just not the new stuff I thought I'd hear. Again, yeah. Square, much like Capcom, has a lot of things under their belt they could go into that haven't hit the next-gen console space that we haven't seen in a long time. So the games that we're getting and, like, I mean, with Valkyrie Elysium, for example, and the quality they look right now, very surprising. Yeah. I was, I mean, like I said, there's just a lot they could have touched that, that Square's got their name on. Um, again, Final Fantasy being the biggest thing. Uh, granted, I know, you know, we're only just, what, three months away from E3. We've got Tokyo Game Show right after that. So there's a lot of time, right? But even I think then, Tokyo I Game Show is when we're going to see a lot of updates and even then them. so that's even watching this show i felt like quite a good chunk of this 
felt like man like this would make more sense to be shown off at tokyo game show <laughs> yeah like it's gonna get more of a pop it's catering to that audience uh for the most part even if it wasn't necessarily a part of tokyo game show but a state of play that happened you know right before during or after tokyo game show in that same space much like how nintendo does their e3 directs but it's not at e3 or how xbox does their showcases or how everyone's really handling e3 nowadays mm -hmm. um <clears throat> that would make more sense. So seeing the things we did, mm, mm, it was fine. I, I don't think anything was necessarily, like, I don't think anything was bad. Uh, the show made yeah. sense. It was my idea of what I think a state of play should be by announcing like, hey, let's, here's what we're doing at PlayStation. And they showed that off. And they um, didn't dwell on anything too long, which I like. Yeah. Like yes. even the things that we already knew about, like Ghostwire Tokyo, Forspoken, uh, it was just like, all right, this still exists. Here's a 30-second thing. Boom, on to the next. Let's move on. Yeah, and I had, yeah. I love that. I like the breakneck pace. Um, mm -hmm. I was also kind of like, I had a little bit of a lukewarm reaction to it as well. But like, I know that it these games just aren't catered to me. I'm not mm -hmm. like really big on like a, a lot of like Japanese or anime-based games. I just don't really get into as much. Um, and that's fine. Uh, some of this stuff I'm still looking forward to. I still think it looks great. Um, but I know that it's just not specifically my cup of tea. Um, we didn't but, see a single thing from Bandai Namco. That's interesting. Yeah, one of the yeah, biggest Japanese publishers out there, and they weren't a part of this at all. Yeah, and they they do a lot of the anime games. <laughs> they do a ton of anime games. <laughs> I, that's like all that they do is the anime games. <laughs> and we didn't um, see a thing. That is a that is a good point. And um, actually, that Unless, hold on, is JoJo jo JoJo might be the only one. But even then. That is yeah. such a small, small part of their library. And like uh, like half of the state of play was Square Enix. Yeah. Which is interesting. So like in, in a past episode, we were talking about um, potential other studios that maybe PlayStation would acquire. And Bandai Namco was one of them that we mentioned. And Square Enix was another one that we mentioned. Square Enix was a huge part of this state of play with a lot of PlayStation exclusive titles. Does that change how you feel about a potential either partnership or acquisition from PlayStation for Square Enix? No, I, I don't think it'll happen still. I still think they're too big because they do get mm -hmm. they're, they're too. Yes, we get exclusives on PlayStation, but we see just as many exclusives hit the Nintendo Switch. We see just as many exclusives. No, I shouldn't say just as many, but we still see exclusive hit Xbox. I mean, Octopath Traveler, for instance, that game made its way not only to the Switch as at first, but then made its way to Xbox, eventually on Xbox Game Pass, and then on PC, and on PC before then. So Square is very much like, they, they put their stuff where it makes sense, where they think they're catering to the right audience of players. Um, like I said, like we mentioned before with... Um, the uh, no, what's it called? The Dio Field Chronicle. Um, that game is a Silith game we haven't seen on PlayStation in quite some time. We very much see it a lot more on the Switch, and that's perfect example. It is Square Enix game. It's a top-down strategy RPG. Boom! And you would, seeing that, I was surprised. I'm like, man, I'm glad they're showing this. Is this going to be on Switch? Because it just makes yeah. sense. Because everything else has been, um, at least in that field. So, yeah, I don't think we'll ever see Square get acquired. 
they are too big and they deal with too many people. See, um, it would, I, I if, don't know. If I it didn't happen, it would be groundbreaking if it did. But I, don't I feel so. like I would have agreed with the whole, like, they're too big, they deal with too many people statement in a world before this year, basically, um, because of a lot of the things that we've been seeing and because of the more aggressive acquisitions that we've been seeing. Um, All the people have been Western, though. Yeah, they have That's been Western. That's a big difference. However, um, a lot of, like, the big acquisitions have also been Microsoft, which is a Western company. Um, True. But PlayStation has... I mean, they're based in Japan. Sony's based in Japan, and they have closer ties and relationships with these Japanese developers, um, like historically, especially mm-hmm. Square. Um, and if we look at, yes, they have a lot of games um, coming out on. It's mostly Nintendo and PlayStation, um, mm-hmm. and then you know after the fact they come out on on Microsoft consoles, but with Square Enix. A lot of their exclusives um, that come to PlayStation just seem like they're such a higher caliber. Like most of the budget, I feel like, goes towards games like Final Fantasy VII Remake. That's huge. We mm-hmm. still don't see that on another console, and that's, I think, that's like a weird thing because that's a, such a big game. In a sense, I, I think we don't see it on another console for multiple reasons. One, the Switch can't handle it. <laughs> Yeah, but power's just not that there. hasn't stopped them. Like they put Kingdom Hearts on there as a cloud <laughs> service, though. As a cloud, th- yeah, but like Nintendo yeah. doesn't care. People are gonna buy it. Why wouldn't she release a thing with the cloud thing? Like, I don't want it <laughs> on the Switch if it can't run on the Switch. But I'm just saying, like, they don't care. So it's weird that we don't see it there, and it's also weird that we don't see it on an Xbox system. And I know that there's either like a timed exclusivity deal, which usually those only last a year. It's yeah. been a lot more than a year. It's um, been two years, and we still don't have Final Fantasy VII Remake on Xbox. We have it on PC, announcement not on Xbox. It, not even an announcement of it maybe coming in the future or, you know, that, that they're working on it. Like, nothing. It's been complete radio silence. And then we have Forspoken, which is another... That's a, that's a big budget, high-profile PlayStation exclusive. Mm-hmm. Like, that's a, that's a big thing. Like, on the same scale of, like, Final Fantasy XV. So uh, it's just, it's very interesting and kind of weird to me that these larger budget exclusives are, are just coming to PlayStation. Like they, I think that that's a real testament to the relationship that PlayStation has with Square Enix. Mm-hmm. And um, like, I don't, I, I also don't think an acquisition is going to happen. Um, I don't want an acquisition to happen, but um it, it just it, it's a really bizarre scenario where like we see these very large budget exclusives coming to PlayStation exclusively to PlayStation. We also see a lot of these smaller budget like the Valkyrie uh Valkyrie Elysium uh game. And I think correct me if I'm wrong but is Valkyrie a PlayStation IP? I think has that only been No, cuz Valkyrie Profile was also on the was on the DS. Oh, it was. Yeah. I mean okay. that thing is so like Square's good about catering and knowing where their games are going to sell. That's another big thing. You know, like, they... I, not to beat a dead horse, like, these games, like strategy games, they end up on the Switch because they sell more on the Switch. 
it, it's just natural. I mean, uh, games like um, Final Fantasy VII would sell on the Xbox. It would totally sell on the Xbox, but not nearly as much as it has on PlayStation. It, it's why double down. I, I mean, I'm not saying it wouldn't sell, but the game's doing just fine. PlayStation bought rights early out the gate, and then to have to like, okay, now we got to repump out this game. The audience that cares about Final Fantasy VII or Final Fantasy in general, those people aren't buying Xboxes. Those people are on Nintendo, which, again, every Final Fantasy remaster that we've had off of the retro versions, including 7, 8, I believe 9, all on the Switch, they make their way to PlayStation. So, yeah, but I don't know. Even if, like, for Final Fantasy VII Remake, even if it sold half as much as it sold on PlayStation... Yeah. It would still make a shit ton of money. Like it would be in their best interest to port it over. I, I, I still so, think it's coming. I think it's gonna be a while, but I think it's coming. I wouldn't be surprised if it happened this year. It's thirty fifth anniversary, and I mean, Kingdom Hearts made its way over there. So, yeah, and it's just I I think it's just so bizarre that it hasn't happened yet. And stuff like Forspoken exists. Stuff like Valkyrie Elysium, which the Switch could totally handle. Uh, <laughs> True, but uh, yeah, um, maybe. <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the switch is kind of I won't, I won't go too far on that uh, a weird beast but i don't know just some things to think about but um but yeah like i said i don't i don't think an acquisition is happening i don't want to have i don't want it to happen but um yeah there's just there's a lot of square enix love and the fact that 50 percent of a safe play was dedicated to square enix that's a i don't know i think that's a big deal and one percent to jojo which is bandai namco um <laughs> What the but, like, what the fuck? <laughs> I, I don't know. There a lot of missed opportunities in the state of play. Glad to see a return to form for state of play. I think we have a bigger one on the horizon, personally. I think this is just the stir the pot. I think come May or June, as we begin into the summer, we'll get a big one. But... Other than that, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Dual Senses, a PlayStation podcast. You can find us on Twitch, YouTube, and Facebook each and every Friday around 9.30 Eastern time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you can always catch the show later on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and the video up version of YouTube up not long afterwards. If you're a fan of the show, be sure to like, rate, comment, subscribe, do all the things. If you want to help the show grow, make your way over to www.mtfproductions.com forward slash donate. We can donate as little as a dollar. But until then, we'll see you next week. Yeah, thank you so much for tuning in. We had a lot of people on Facebook this time. So shout out to all our Facebook people. Um, Thank you, Chris, Cece, and Greg for writing in. Um, Also, for anyone watching on Twitch, I'm going to stream Horizon in a little bit. Horizon Forbidden West. West. Um, so if anyone wants to tune into that, it's twitch.tv slash more than friends. So um, I'm probably Can they stay on this link? Um, if, you're on, if you're on Twitch, yeah, but it's not gonna it's not gonna go to Facebook and YouTube Facebook because or, I can't okay. do that on the PS5. Not yet at least. Yeah, yeah. But um, but yeah. But yeah, thank you for tuning in and everything. Steven, end the show. I'm working on it. I can click it. Say bye. Just leave. All right. Okay. All right. See ya. Love, love, love. End it, Steven.